The best teachers that I see are those that have really made the commitment to 90% target language use. Um, these are classrooms where you go in and you hear a lot of noise and students are engaging with and speaking the target language. And it's a challenge for them and they really enjoy it. I would also say that the best teachers are those that are really geared towards the interests of students to truly engage them. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. This week on Speaking of Language. How does a state government affect language education on a national or global level? Candace Black joins us from the New York State Education Department's Office of Bilingual Education and World Languages to share her experience. Welcome to a new episode of Speaking of Language. I'm Angelica Kramer, the director of the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. And I'm Sam Lupowitz, the LRC's Media Development Manager. Today, we welcome Candace Black to our podcast. Candace is an associate in instructional services in the New York State Education Department's Office of Bilingual Education and World Languages. We will discuss developments in the state government related to world language education, including the revisions to the New York State Standards for World Languages she has been working on. Welcome to Speaking of Language, Candice. Thank you very much for having me, Angelica and Sam. I'm excited to talk to you about the initiatives in world languages. Yeah, and before we dive into that, can you first tell us a little bit more about your background? Which languages do you speak? How did you end up being interested in those languages? And how did you end up being in the Office of Bilingual Education and World Language? So I speak English and French. Uh, English is my first language, but I grew up in a household that really fostered language study. Huh. My father speaks French. My mother speaks German. Huh. Um, I completed the normal high school sequence, but I got the chance to go to France when I was 16 for a summer, and that really set me on a course for a career in world languages. Um, so I've taught French for 15 years oh, in wow. a variety of schools in Western New York. And about um, 15 years into my career, I became the IB coordinator, the uh -huh. international baccalaureate coordinator at that school, and I split my time between those two duties. Huh. So in year 21, huh. I really was ready for a change, and I had been super active with NYSEFELT, which is the New York State Association of Foreign Language Teachers, as well as with the American Association of Teachers of French. And I was just ready to take the next step and have a bigger impact. So I applied to work at the Office of Bilingual Education and World Languages at the New York State Education Department, and I really feel blessed and lucky to work in a field where I have so much passion to work with the great teachers of New York State. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. So I know that there is probably not a typical day for you, but what does it look like balancing all these, all these different things that you have on your plate? Well, it's very different from what I'm used to in teaching. Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm in the Albany office, my day is centered around supporting students, teachers, administrators, and school, primarily giving them guidance relating to issues in world languages and the seal of biliteracy. Um, and coming to this position, it was really one of my priorities to make myself accessible. So I do a lot of talking on the phone, some mm -hmm. video conferencing. Uh, but the rest of the time, I'm working on major initiatives like the World Language Initiative we're going to be talking about today or the Seal of Biliteracy. But one of the great parts of my job and my typical day 
is that I get to frequently, and by that I mean on a weekly basis, travel to different parts of the state to give workshops, to visit schools and meet with teachers and other personnel to talk about the important issues they're facing and how my office might support them. So this is a typical week. Uh, Yesterday and today I'm in Rochester. Tomorrow I'm in Buffalo. Uh, Syracuse (laughs) is Thursday and Albany is Friday. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That That is a lot of traveling. It is, but it's exciting to get out there. You know, we're not Mm -hmm. these isolated silos in some Mm -hmm. office somewhere. To really be effective, we have to be out there where the teachers are doing the work with students. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's great that you get to see and interact with so many different teachers and kind of get a sense of what works and what doesn't work in the classroom. Absolutely. Um, Staying connected is essential. Yeah. So what are some of the best practices that you have seen Um, or that you have heard about when you interact with these teachers? What works in their classrooms? I would say uh, a twofold approach. One is the best teachers that I see are those that have really made the commitment to 90% target language use. Mm -hmm. Um, These are classrooms where you go in and you hear a lot of noise and students are engaging with and speaking the target language. And it's a challenge for them and they really enjoy it. I would also say that the best teachers are those who incorporate authentic resources, but that are really geared towards the interest of students to truly engage them. Kids want to talk about their Mm. lives. They want to talk about what other adolescents are doing in the target culture. And so really going beyond the textbook and finding those resources that kids really want to engage with is a secret to success. Yeah. That's great. So I know that one of the big projects that you and your office has been working on with lots of other people um, has been these revisions to the New York State Standards for World Languages. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about the impetus for these revisions and how you got started? All right. Well, as you may know, the original standards, which are called Modern Languages for Communication, were established back in 1986. And they still have tremendous value. They were cutting edge when they were created. We had a small revision in 96, but since then, about 22 years, we haven't revised the standards, and yet we've seen major changes in both the national standards, the Mm -hmm. World Readiness Standards for Learning Languages, and in our philosophical approach to teaching languages in a very communicative fashion with authentic resources, and that 90% target language use that I mentioned to you. So in 2018, my office, in collaboration with the World Language Leadership Team, began the initiative to revise our standards by starting with the stakeholders. So we reached out to teachers and we surveyed them. And the results of the survey indicate that there was really a lot of support of aligning our standards to the national ones. Mm -hmm. So in May of this past year, World Language standards review committees were formed in the seven major regions of New York from Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, Albany, Hudson Valley, New York City, and Long Island. Mm -hmm. These committees comprise about 200 world language teachers, administrators, and we even have a few parents and students on the committees. Oh, wow. That's great. So they're goal is to create a recommended set of revisions to our world language standards. And I just want to give a shout out. These people are working very diligently to review the standards through thoughtful debate and discussion. 
And they're really going to develop these guidance documents that will take our profession through the 21st century and help us to adopt some of these research-based practices of world language instruction that will improve both the teacher and the student experience, as well as really boost their proficiency. Because we want our students to be college, career, and civic ready when they graduate. Mm -hmm. Um, So in a few months, uh, I would say that we will be able to post the recommended revisions to our website. And this is going to be a month-long public comment period in which any stakeholder in our state can send feedback to the committees. And then all of that feedback being incorporated, these regional teams will send their recommendations back to the World Language Leadership Team. And this is the body that's going to make these final recommended revisions and will present them to the New York State Board of Regents. So I'm hoping that's going to happen early 2020. Mm -hmm. And keeping with our timeline, if the standards are adopted on that timeline, the first year of implementation of the new standards will be 2021-2022. Yeah. That's wonderful. And that's that's quite an undertaking for you and your office to coordinate all these different committees and, and working with 200 people who are providing input. This is fantastic. And I want to point out that this is a very different uh, process than many other states. Because huh. As with anything else, you start by researching what other people have done in the in the area. Sure. So we did a survey of a variety of states that had recently revised their standards, and we found that the vast majority of them made these revisions using a very small committee hmm. of about 10 to 15 people statewide. Oh, wow. And when we talked about it, we said, we really want to capitalize on the expertise of our world language teachers throughout the state. And even though it is a big undertaking, it does add to my travel schedule. Sometimes I have to remind myself where I am that morning. (laughs) Um, It's wonderful to see the strength, the expertise of all these people, but it also creates a network of support because I will use my means to distribute this new information through the website, through our listservs. But now I have 200 people that have been intimately Mm -hmm. involved in Mm -hmm. the process that can all individually go back to their departments and start talking about, here's what we're discussing. Let me know what you think. So when I go back to the next regional meeting, I can bring up any concerns or comments that you have. Sure. Absolutely. So where can people find out more about the whole process? And you mentioned that later this year there will be a time for um, open comments. So where do we send people for that? So the best place to go is the NYSID website, which is www.nysid.gov forward slash world dash languages. You can also just go to the nysid.gov site and they have a nice search bar in the upper right hand corner where they can type in world languages and they'll take you to that very first hit. That's where the revised standards will be posted. That's where the public comment form will be available. Mm -hmm. Great. And we will make sure to also include that in the write up Um, and in the social media for this particular episode. So hopefully a lot of our colleagues will take a look at all the work that you and the team has done and then provide insightful comments. Wonderful. We'd really appreciate that. And we know that in addition to your crazy, busy travel schedule, you will also be talking, you mentioned the Nisefeld conference or or Nisefeld earlier, 
You will give a session with an update at the 2019 conference that takes place in、um, November, November 1st and 2nd in Saratoga Springs. Exactly. So the Nisefelt annual conference is something that I, I never miss, and that's not just because I was an officer in the group.、Mm -hmm. From the very early times in my career, this has been a means of support and professional development in my career. So I'll be presenting a session with my co-presenter, Dr. Jennifer Eddy from Queens College CUNY, who is the principal investigator for the Standards Initiative out of my office.、Mm -hmm. And we will be giving this session to inform any who、uh, wish to attend on a, the progress of both the World Language Leadership Team and the regional committees. A little bit about the process, where we see ourselves going. As well as use this as an opportunity for people to give us feedback,、mm -hmm. to tell us what kind of guidance documents you need, what are the challenges that you will face as individual districts in implementing these new standards.、Mm -hmm. That's great. I'm very much looking forward to that session.、Um, one thing you mentioned earlier was that your office also works、um, with the seal of biliteracy. Can you talk a little bit about how this has taken shape in the state of New York and how many students get cycled through that? Is it comparable to other states? Is it a successful、mm -hmm. program in New York? So the Seal of Biliteracy is a program that was initiated in the state of California、um, in 2008. New York was the second state in the nation to adopt the program in 2012, and it's a program that. Honors students who can demonstrate a high level of proficiency in two languages, one of which has to be English.、Uh, but this includes our multilingual learners,、mm -hmm. formerly called English language learners, who come to our school already knowing another world language, as well as our students who go through the normal checkpoint A B C sequence. Since the introduction of the seal in 2015-16, the first year it was actually offered, the program has absolutely exploded. We started with 12 pilot schools and 200 students in that year.、Um, wow. My school, when I was still a teacher, East Sarandaquit, was one of those 12 pilot schools. I'm very proud to say.、Mm -hmm. In 2018-19, we had over 220 schools across the state offering this program, with more、wow. than 4,000 students earning the distinction.、Huh. That's four students earning the seal in all three prior years combined. So we're doing a great,、uh, a great job with that. Now, to earn the seal, the students have to get all of the requirements for New York State Regents Diploma, and then demonstrate proficiency in both English and another world language using a point system.、And、generally, that's comprised of students earning a certain grade in a class,、mm -hmm. taking an approved assessment, or doing a portfolio. But the target that we're shooting for is Actifel's Intermediate High, and this is perfect timing because. We are going to be using the Actifel、um, proficiency guidelines. We'll be using the、mm -hmm. World Readiness Standards, which Actifel had a very strong voice in, and we're trying to make sure that we are supporting schools, supporting students, but also helping them reach their potential. Because as a country, we need to step up to the plate the、yep. way. Europe and other nations have, where they're starting that foreign language study very early on, because they realize the importance of being multilingual in a global society. Yeah, that's great. So, so I、uh, also want to give a quick shout out. I regularly visit schools to meet with teachers, administrators, and counselors who are、mm -hmm. considering this program. 
And anyone who's interested in starting a seal by literacy program, I encourage them to visit our website. They can download the handbook and the forms, but please feel free to reach out to me directly via email. I can be reached at candace.black at nicid.gov, or I can actually give my phone number out, which is 518-473-7505, and I'd be happy to set up a meeting. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much. It sounds like you definitely know how to keep yourself busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do, but I want, I want to make sure that people understand that the entire point of someone in my position is to support schools, right? We need our teachers to be there and do the primary work with our students, but teachers also need support. So this accessibility mm -hmm. and being able to be present in schools is something that I love about my job, but that I also feel is very necessary. Yeah. No, and that's that's great. I think all the teachers in the state of New York are very fortunate to have somebody as dedicated as you in, in this position. Well, thank you. Um, one final question that I have. Um, we've seen a nationwide decline in, in language teachers. Um, universities don't have as many teacher education programs anymore. The numbers of students who are in these programs are dwindling. Have you seen something similar in the state of New York? And um, whether or not you have, is that something or, or what can we do to combat mm -hmm. that? How do we make sure that people see the value in choosing education as a career path? So there's no denying that our state and our nation as a whole are facing a looming shortage in qualified world language teachers. I had the pleasure of serving on a panel with Dr. Aaron Carney from the University of Buffalo, who studies this hmm. at the Nicefelt Rochester Regional Conference last spring. And during her presentation, she really outlined the issue of the teacher shortage, which extends to almost every other subject area, not just world languages. But she gave us a ray of hope when she shared that once we get a new teacher in world languages, we tend to keep them at a higher rate than those other areas. Hmm. What we need to do now is really focus on developing a robust world language teacher candidate pipeline that goes from elementary, secondary, right through to post-secondary. And we're going to do this by collaborating with all levels of language instruction. Um, individually, as a profession, we can do our part to identify students in secondary and post-secondary levels who demonstrate a proficiency and a thirst for learning world languages. Mm -hmm. So we can encourage them, we can shepherd them through not only the certification process, but in the first few years of teaching when we tend to lose the most teachers. Yeah. And we can do this in a variety of ways. As educators, we teach with passion. Mm -hmm. We impart our enthusiasm for learning languages and for experiencing the wondrous cultures in our world. Yeah. We can also serve as supervising and cooperating teachers for student teachers and novice. Mm. We can participate in informal and formal professional learning communities committed to this same lifelong learning that we're trying to develop in our students. As institutions, we can ensure that through thoughtful scheduling and mentoring programs that pair teachers with a veteran helps them to develop these best practices. Yeah. And then our partner organizations like NYSEFELT provide a host of professional learning events, as well as key resources that we can use to help share these best practices. Mm -hmm. But for students who are thinking about it, my advice is kind of get curious about world languages and cultures. Talk to your teachers and professors about what they do and why they do it. Mm -hmm. Because working with young people to help them develop language proficiency and cultural awareness and understanding 
has been the best and most rewarding part of my career. So ask your teachers if they have the seal of biliteracy at your school. Look into immersion programs, study abroad, as well as looking at the languages and cultures that are are present in our own community. And then, of course, access the immense wealth of resources that's available online. What I want to uh, make sure I include is my favorite quote on world languages, and that is, one language sets you in a corridor for life, but two languages open every door along the way. Mm, That's beautiful. Yeah, and so true. So true. Wow, Um, Candice, this was wonderful. Before we sign off, Uh, We'd like to ask one more quick question, and that is, can you please share with us your favorite word in a language that you speak or that you have learned, that you are learning, that you want to learn? What's that favorite word? My favorite word in the French language has to be amitié. And I like it because I feel like it's melodic, it's beautiful, it kind of sums up the vowel sounds that you hear in French that make it such a poetic language but also its meaning, which is friendship and the unifying factor of learning another's language and culture and how that brings people together. That's beautiful. I like it. Wonderful. Well, Candace, thank you again so much for being on Speaking of Language today. Well, thank you very much for having me and for the work that you're doing to promote world language studies throughout our state. The Language Resource Center is located on the ground floor of Stimson Hall on Cornell's main campus in Ithaca, New York. Check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for Cornell LRC on Facebook and Twitter. Speaking of Language is produced by Angelica Kramer and Sam Lupowitz. Recorded by Sam Lupowitz. Original music by Sam Lupowitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. Thanks also to the College of Arts and Sciences at Cornell University. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Sciences or any other official entity of Cornell University. We thank our listeners, and do stay tuned for our next episode.